Ugly No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, March 3rd. Bean Week continues today, but it's also Super Tray Day, March 3rd. 3-3 trays. I'm Skeets rolling this morning with my Top Shot Hot Boy. I mean, it's a tray himself. Trey Kirby, what's up? Trey out. Trey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Please like and comment, subscribe and share. Let's get to 40,000 subs. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. We're actually hitting the beach later today. Uh, probably a little too late to get your cues in for that one, but that's okay. Plan ahead. Look forward to next week. So get those cues in. You can leave them in the YouTube comments as well or tweet them in at NoDunksInc. And finally, immaculate items always available for sale over at NoDunks.com. Go grab your hoodies and your t-shirts and all that good stuff, especially with uh, you know spring kicking off in some places, summer right around the corner. Go get those NoDunk shorts. Get one, just some one shorts. Of, one of these days we'll start playing basketball again. I promise you. Uh, it, it will happen. I actually bought a basketball, a new basketball. <laughs> you, you bought yeah. a basketball, yeah, yeah. indoor, yeah. outdoor, or is that strictly indoor? No, it's a both. It's a both-er. It's a both. I uh, got it at Costco. 1999. Oh, wow. They, got they really <laughs> truly have everything. Uh, Luna had destroyed my old ball. So, uh, uh, you know, I haven't even taken it out of the box thing, cardboard <laughs> yet, though. I'm waiting for what, what we brand, can actually What brand play. are we talking there? Like, oh, we're talking. <laughs> we're talking Spalding. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Seriously, this is a really nice ball for yeah. uh, how cheap it was at Costco. Yeah, Looking forward to the from... unboxing at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can already see the ball, but I'll unbox <laughs> the Not cardboard. every panel, man. I got to see every little yeah. bit of pebble grain. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, just stay away from the Franklin basketballs. They warp a little too easily. Oh, I, mm. would, I would never buy a Franklin basketball. Yeah. Never, yes. The only Franklins Good. I like are the guys that used to work at uh, Turner <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Sixers mascot. Those are the only Franklins. Franklin's eye roll. <laughs> okay, we got a fun one here. We're going to get to uh, some of last night's games. We might hit the beach, uh, get us in the mood for that uh, Beach Steppin' podcast later today. We got a good question I thought we could slip in. But first, we had the uh, All-Star Sunday night participants. I got to get used to not saying All-Star <laughs> weekend, man. I get locked in doing that. But we have everything on one night. It's Sunday night, and we know now officially who's in all of these contests. We'll start with the dunk contest participants. It was confirmed. Now, we already knew this. It's Knicks rookie Obi Toppin, Blazers guard Amphrey Simons, and Pacers high flyer, who a lot of people don't know of, uh, Cassius Stanley. We also learned that the judges are Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, Jason Richardson, D. Brown, and Josh Smith. And you saw a whole lot of, oh, can we get the judges to dunk? Um, I get it. You know, there's some great dunkers that are going to be judging this. I just wanted to, uh, well, I guess go full temper boy really quick here. Um... You're seeing a lot of people, of course, like crapping on this. Who are these guys? Where are the big names? The one thing that pisses me off with that is if you are upset that so-and-so isn't in it, don't take your, like, anger out on the league. You don't think the NBA wanted Zion Williamson or the NBA wanted Zach Levine again or whoever? Of course they do. I'm sure they asked them. The guy didn't want to do it. Either their brands didn't want them to do it, their teams, themselves. You know, so if you're going to be upset, just... Be upset with the guys themselves, not the league. I don't really get that. Um, I also don't understand watching the dunk contest really for just the names on the back. I know you're going to get the casuals, okay. 
but you're there to watch the dunk. So let's see what these guys can do first. I got, uh, I, I got, I'm excited to see what they can do because I like this setting. I like maybe the no fans helping these newbies out because that was my one concern, Trey. First off, I heard Tass on what you need to know say, we only need one dunker to make a good dunk contest. Now, I actually disagree with that. I think we need two to sort of make an iconic one. I like that battling of two guys. And with only three, we need two of these guys to come through and put on a show. So that's a little worrisome. But they're all first-time dunkers. Uh, I, some, I like some experience usually get the butterflies going, but no crowd? Maybe, maybe, maybe that helps them out, or little limited crowd, that there's just, you know, there's not 18,000 people uh, hanging on every bounce, you know? It's a little different. It's a weird setting, and maybe that actually helps these guys loosen up a bit and throw down some, uh, some special dunks early. But I'm excited. Yes, I guess Anthony Edwards was asked. He turned it down. Um, yeah, that, that's rough. That's rough. And Zion, of course, didn't want anything to do with it. I don't think he ever is going to want something to do with it. I guess Miles Bridges possibly turned it down again, too. He's been in it before. Jalen Brown I talked about. We'll get to the three-point contest. He's in that. Apparently, he was going to do this. Maybe the injury that came into play with his knee took him out of it. But, yeah. Again, fine going in with low expectations. I still think these guys can put on a show. And I'd like just to like wait to see what they can do before we crap on this thing. Am I wrong? Was that too? That was not. That wasn't that bad of a temper boy, there, was it? Yeah, that was a medium temper yeah. boy. You're saying let's just wait and see. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, Alex Caruso also turned down the dunk contest. There was a lot of no skis this mm-hmm. year, um, which understandable. But just like every single year at the dunk contest, I'm gonna mark out for this. No doubt about it. As I said on Happy Hour, it's gonna be great to see a man, his body, his legs, and a ball out there. That's all you're doing. No frills. It's all about the artistry. All of these guys are going to have great dunks. All of the dunks in the dunk contest at this point are great. These guys are incredible athletes. They got the best coaches out there. The question is, will it be memorable? All we need to see is one thing that we've never seen before, Mm. and it's a memorable dunk contest. So, of course, I'm optimistic about it. Skeets, who's going to win? We shall see. It's usually one of these smaller guys. Like, I love Obi Toppin. I'm still convinced that a big guy can actually win the dunk contest at some point. Maybe it'll be him. He's got really long, skinny legs, which I think has helped Derek Jones Jr. in the dunk contest. It looks cool when you have long, skinny legs. It really helps with the flair. Maybe he'll be able to do it going between the legs a lot. That's a thing us big guys like to do because it looks impressive, but it's not necessarily the most cool thing. It's just jumping and spreading your legs wide, but maybe he can do it. Nonetheless, Cassius Stanley, you can go watch his high school dunk contest. He can fly. Anthony Simons, you don't think of him as a high flyer because uh, he didn't play college ball after playing uh, high school, but that guy can fly as well. There's going to be great dunks. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see all of the All-Stars just standing around and basically watching these guys at, ha- at halftime. Um, I'm setting my expectations low, hoping that they are exceeded. Yeah, Lee, let's get some predictions here. Why, why wait, right? We know all these guys in these things now. Who do you like in this thing? And are you at all excited or no? I, I mean, I'll be excited if it's good, but it's hard to get too pumped because. <laughs> no, I mean, Hold on. respect. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you can't. I don't think anyone's going to be super excited simply because of the names out there, you know. And knowing that some of those other guys turned it down, I can't believe Alex Caruso turned down the dunk contest. Come on, man, get out there and perform. Well, hold on, hold on. In his defense, or some of these guys' defense, this is a weird damn year. You may not want to actually go to Atlanta yeah, during a okay. pandemic. I think we do have to throw that on there, that little disclaimer. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway. Um, 
So, you know, it's one of those things. It's like if you go in and think it's going to be crap, that's the wrong attitude. If you go in thinking it's going to be awesome because these guys can fly, I think that's the wrong attitude. So just go in there and let these guys perform and put on a show. And uh, hopefully, I mean, the problem is, I think it's almost impossible for these guys now to come up with something we haven't seen. You know, because we've got guys who put the ball under their legs and throw it down reverse and they do a 360 and all those things. Like, I'm not sure the body can do anything else. You know? uh, it can. Wrong. It can, That's Lee. absolutely wrong, mate. Nobody's well, ever done a 720. That's the thing to okay. be doing. If okay, somebody that... does a 720, they win, and we're talking about this dunk contest forever. Somebody okay. do a 720. It's that easy. <laughs> if someone really, do come that... on. How has nobody done a 720? I saw a guy do well, a 720 in an and one mixtape tour nearly 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah. Somebody could do it. Yeah, well, okay, that's one one example, but I'm just saying, for the most part, it's hard to sort of really blow us off the off the court these days with a with a just mind bending dunk because we've seen so many incredible athletic performances. Aaron Gordon, when he scooped the ball under his both legs and then reverse dunked it, taking it off Stuff's uh, hand, that's just an incredible dunk. Like I'm not not sure how you can sort of top athletically something like that so it's going to be tough but uh look i'm excited for these guys who are going in it to give themselves a chance to go out there and show what they can do right right that's another thing like people are like where are the big names where the big names well come on hold on zach levine and aaron gordon when they were doing this the first time were not huge household names they just were not you're just they were lottery picks though they were lottery picks they were more well i mean obi toppin's a lottery pick so it's the same thing there yeah yeah but i'm just saying like they sort of them their performance in the dunk contest made them more household names and that's good for these kids that are in this and that's the possibility that someone puts on such a memorable show that they do become like suddenly a you know a fan favorite to especially kids out there and that's the other part i love when people are like our age like uh, i used to like the dunk contest yeah no shit you were 15 when you love the dunk contest <laughs> it is for the kids like we still mark out for it we still geek out for it because we love it um but yeah okay you've gotten older and it's uh maybe less impressive to you for some reason but it is for the kids out there and i'm sure still 12 and 13 year olds despite some of these names are excited to watch dunks who isn't and i think they can come out with some crazy new stuff lately there are a lot of dunks still out there if you watch any of these like professional dunkers and the stuff they can do there's a lot of stuff we haven't seen in an actual nba dunk contest i know i mean i have seen some of those but i'm just saying like when you think about that dunk contest that we had with zach and gordon in uh in toronto i mean zach levine basically putting it under his legs from the free throw line and dunking like just incredible like wh- where can you go from there with it with a dunk like under the legs if you know what i mean that that's what i'm saying like they've moved the ball around they've done the reverse dunk they've switched hands they've done the blindfold all that stuff it's just a little hard to come up with something super creative at the moment i think but you know i think as well there's just a stigma attached to the Ulster, to the dunk contest where it's like no it sucks no matter what they do now it just can't because we have had some absolute stinkers in the past that have gone far too long players have had multiple chances to try to throw down a dunk you know remember when we had the timer you had 90 seconds to throw down a dunk so it's got that stigma now and i think that's why still i know we've talked about it a lot of the big names want to stay out of it because they're like it's not good for your uh, reputation for the most part Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right, let's keep it going here. Oh, sorry, actually. Okay, so you're. I'll take Simon. Let's get up. Okay, you're taking Simon's. Yeah. Trey, who are you officially taking? Cassius Stanley. Yeah, I'm going with him as well. I'm not overthinking it, though. I'm excited to see what all three of these guys can bring. Okay. Three point contest. It is called the contest, by the way, not yeah. the uh, shootout uh, from Mountain Dew here. Now, look at this. Actually, hold on. 
Forget the contest, forget the shootout. I like Sergio uh, sending in this last night. It should be called the Mountain Dew Beautiful Shooters of the Basketball Contest. That's a lot better. Now that just rolls off the tongue. Look at these beautiful shooters. Now look at this lineup. All all stars, of course. Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Lee, as a beautiful shooter of the basketball... Um, for <laughs> what, what do you think of this field and what jumps out to you? I like the field. I think it's a pretty good field there. You've got obviously Steph. Whenever Steph's in it, it's great because it's like, okay, if you're going to beat someone, you have to beat maybe the greatest shooter of all time, even though he's only won this contest once, but it's still <laughs> right. great to have him out there. Thanks Steph- to the help of one Australian man. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's the uh, key here. Maybe Steph needs to work out again. Sh- hit me up if you need to, Steph. Uh, we'll do it virtually somehow. I don't know how. But uh, And also you've got Devin Booker, who is the current record holder too. Oh, well, actually, what happened last year now i can't remember but uh devin booker held it before they had those two extended uh oh yeah the mountain right. Dew. i forgot they added the yeah. super long the ball. ball oh my yeah. god i forgot I they tried re- yeah. messing with the perfect contest and they did. Oh, uh, i'm not yeah, sure if they're gonna awesome. bring that one the back the long ball was cool last year was it yeah uh, who hit it who knows i remember <laughs> liking it that's the thing all okay. this all-star weekend stuff we talk about it for a week ahead of time then yeah. it happens and we completely forget like skeets yeah. You're one of the biggest dunk contest fans I know. You couldn't remember if Hamadou yeah. Diallo or Derek Jones Jr. won <laughs> one true. year ago. And I got mixed dunks. up. I got mixed up. You're not wrong. I uh, am happy to see. Uh, I know Jay- Buddy Healed won this last year. I do. That's okay. right. Nice. Buddy Healed won. Yes. Yeah. He had a he had a great big huge last rack. I think it was mm-hmm. to win. Anyway, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Maybe they're like Tino Mobley and Steve Francis. They have to do everything together now because mm. uh, they're in the game together. They're in the three point shootout. It is a little interesting that Jalen Brown. I understand it's a different sort of. St- thing to be dunking versus a three-point shootout but not doing the dunk contest but doing the three-point shootout it's a lot less taxing on your body i know i know but if if you've got an injury concern i mean it seems don't do it at all he's just going so he doesn't don't go in the dunk contest mate he just wants to do the three-point contest the guy is playing in games yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I like the field. Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine there are both former dunk champion winners. And I tweeted this last night. Yeah. That, uh, nobody has ever won the three-point shootout and the dunk contest. So uh, both of those guys have a chance to do that this weekend. Uh, I'm really surprised no one's ever been able to do both. You would think at some point someone would have uh, done it. But, uh, yeah, so good luck to everyone. I like the field. Six six players, good shooters. Uh I'm taking Steph. I mean, I just I wouldn't ever bet really? against Steph. Yeah, wow. I mean, he hasn't I done well in this. Though, I know, but he's still like. I mean, he hasn't done well, but he still hit like uh, 27 and stuff when he lost. I think so. If he gets hot, you know, Steph can still easily win this. So he's my pick. Okay, Trey, where are you leaning towards? I need a little uh, a little more from Lee here. Who is the most beautiful shooter of the mm. basketball here? Uh, if you're talking pure mechanics. Give me Devin Booker. I've probably taken him to win the contest. He's got a nice point release. Uh, you know, Steph obviously is the greatest shooter of all time, but that's a pretty unique motion. Not a lot of guys got the Steph shot. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I would say that Devin Booker, I mean, I am biased, of course, towards Steph, but Devin Booker has got a just a gorgeous stroke. Him and Bradley Beal, I think, have got the two most beautiful strokes in the league. Obviously, Beal's not in this contest, but uh, uh, Devin Booker, it just always looks like he's shooting so evenly and so comfortably, like his body's really squared up, mm-hmm. good balance. Uh, that ball, like, I'm surprised when Devin Booker throws up a clunker every now and again because the release is just so picture perfect. I'm a little disappointed we don't have the eight guys. I loved it. I mean, I, so, I sort of wish they just axed the skills challenge and gave a little bit more time to this. Again, I get it why they're doing it. There's only six. Let's speed this up. It's all in one night. But I would have loved, especially if you just stuck with like the all-star theme, Lily. Like you could have mm. Beal in there. You could have Lillard in there. 
I thought uh, Lillard, Lillard actually a surprise because Chris Haynes reported, you know, maybe two weeks ago saying he's in. He was going to, and, yeah. And Chris Haynes is pretty connected, so uh, I'm not sure what happened there. See, I don't get too upset by that if Lillard just decided ultimately, like, okay, I don't want to. Like, he's done so many of these yeah. events. Same with Zach Levine. You know, people are upset that he's not in the dunk contest. I get it because you want to see him because you know he's a good dunker and he's a big name now as an all-star. But he's like, he's put his time in. Like, I got yeah. no qualms with those guys uh, sitting it out. I also love a guy defending this title in the three-point contest, maybe more than the other ones for some reason, especially the skills, who cares? And maybe even the dunk contests. Obviously, Derek Jones Jr. not in it. But Buddy Heald, it would have been cool. Like, I know he's not having a great year, but even a bad year for him. And I think he's still shooting like nearly 37% from the floor, from three, excuse me, and uh, has a ton of made threes. He's like right up there as well. He's got to be top five still, maybe even top three. So that's my only uh, complaints with this. I love this event. Uh, do we know if the deep Super Bowl is still in play or yeah, did they I get mean, rid of it? Like, uh, I hadn't even thought of that trade. Great yeah. question, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally blanked on doing that last year. But uh, yeah, this is a tough one. I'd love to see the uh, the dunk guy win it, the Zach Levine or Donovan Mitchell, and I think it's possible. But I'm going Devin Booker. I gotta. I, I just, I love him in this contest. Like you guys have talked about the mechanics. It's so flawless. It's so easy. It's very clay-like. He's going to be maybe a little pissed off too that he wasn't, you know, uh, initially named an all-star uh game guy and then he had to be the injury replacement maybe he holds that over the league <laughs> uh, he's, my, he's my pick Booker who you go on Trey yeah I'm gonna go on Booker too it's just a yeah. quick repeatable stroke like I would love to see Zach Levine win it but the guy takes huge jumps on all of yeah. his three pointers which is tough come uh, three point contest time Booker seems like a good bet let's hear from all of you guys out there in the stream team who, who are you backing so Lee you are ultimately going Curry and then we yeah. have two Bookers here okay Final one, uh, it is the Taco Bell's Skills Challenge. Here we uh, go. Only six guys. <laughs> this will get the night started. The jewel uh, of All-Star yeah. Weekend. Yeah, look at the list here. We got, uh, I guess we're still doing the guards <laughs> versus bigs, but I can't even tell anymore what the hell's going on with this. I know, where's Robert Covington? They've got him as a, as a guard, I guess, there. Uh, yeah. Tweener. Yeah, so yeah. the guards are, yes, uh, Robert Covington, uh, Luka Doncic, and Chris Paul, and then the bigs are uh, Vooch, Sabonis, and uh, Julius Randle. Now, Covington, a lot of people are very confused why he's in here. From what I can tell, it's because he's the only current NBA player who is a graduate of historically black college and university. He went to Tennessee State, and uh, that's going to be a major part of All-Star Night. You know, league had previously announced that uh, scholarship funds will support black students. Uh, there's going to be like $2.5 million from the events in Atlanta going to uh, – HBCU, so that's why I think you know Covington as a representative is there, uh, flying in to do this. But uh, Trey, um, how excited are you to, to to see the skills Taco Bell man? I mean, they just still Skills. sticking around. I cannot wait. I am looking forward to the Skills Challenge more than anything else from All Star Sunday. <laughs> this is my new bit. My new bit. The guy who loves the Skills Challenge. I mean, come on, six Hall of Famers have won this thing. Three MVPs have won the skills challenge. Can wow. you say that about any other all-star event? No, you can't. Why? Who doesn't love fundamentals? Who doesn't love seeing somebody throw a pass through a circle? I mean, nobody ever puts any flavor on it. Nobody ever does anything cool. Derrick Rose did a reverse dunk one time, and it set the building on fire. People were going crazy for that Derrick Rose dunk. It's going to be another classic this year. 
Nikola Vucevic handling the ball, pulling up for three. DeMontis Sabonis hitting one off the back rim, bouncing it in off the top of the shot clock. It's going to happen, and it's going to be exciting. People are going to be going nuts. Give me Chris Paul to win this thing. He's already been in it four times. He has never won. It's the first time he's doing it in a decade. They're like, hey, man, it's been 10 years. You ready? He's like, yes, I've been practicing for 10 years to win the skills challenge. Chris Paul taking it home. Wow, okay, yeah, it's fifth time in this thing. Lee, what's your favorite Taco Bell skills challenge moment of all time? <laughs> um, like, what someone, is... in the, someone in the stream team saying last year Jason Tatum hit a half-court half court. Shot. That's probably. Yeah, I don't right. remember it, but uh, someone just said that. That's, that's about as deep as my memory of this thing goes. So I think uh, a good yeah. one, too, was when the first year they did the bigs versus the smalls, there was some intrigue to that. And the bigs yeah. won, right? Was yeah, it like a won. Towns or something? Or yeah, I think, so. I think Towns yeah. beat Isaiah. And that Thomas, was like actually remember, yeah. somewhat exciting yeah. i guess well the bigs could do it yeah but yeah. uh it sort of played out at this point but uh who do you like in this or are you gonna even be watching this yeah i'm gonna take a full heel turn here and take nikola vucevic to oh, oh, vooch vooch Island. Island. give me the vooch give me the vooch <laughs> wow, like no, why not i mean uh honestly it is hard to predict any of these ones because if someone just has the right moment on the right night they can walk away as the uh taco bell skills challenge winner so uh yeah who knows who as cares? we've said like we could make this event really really exciting if we added actual taco bells eating into this you know like you had to like dribble through the cones and then eat a burrito and then then take a, then throw the pass and then uh eat something else from taco bell like i love that idea and you can't get sick if you if you throw up you're disqualified man there's something there um i will take okay we got chris paul from trey we got oh, that's a double swerve really isn't <laughs> yeah this is so who does yeah who do i hate the most or just like uh, i guess i'll just go weird with it and give me covington i mean maybe this guy go. like been planning all week for this thing uh he is sort of like the odd man out with this again i explained why but Give me Robert Covington. Uh, I think Sir even Robert longer Covington. than that, Skeets. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Covington was asked to be a replacement for the 2015 Skills Challenge way back when. Wow. We're talking six years ago, but he decided not to do it to rest. So Alfred Payton took his spot. Oh, he finally wow. gets the call six years later. This guy's a man on a mission. This is incredible. I did not I know that. I love the Skills Challenge. This is going to be so good this year. I didn't know that. Okay, so there it is. Uh, yeah, let's no. hear your predictions. Go ahead, Lee. I'm just saying one tweak they could make to it. I don't know if you guys uh, follow Lethal Shooter on Instagram, uh, NBA skills, sort of co- uh, you know trainer. He had uh, recently a triangle hoop, right? Like So yeah. it's, it's like that, which makes it so much harder to score. Maybe for the skills challenge, they put that in there to say, you know what? Let's just see how long this takes. Don't have to. It doesn't have to be a three pointer though. Maybe just like a mid range or a free throw, even. Mm-hmm. You know, just to mix it up a little uh, bit. Yeah. See how good yeah, these yeah. shoes That's what are. we need for the skills challenge. Slow it down at the end with a free throw on a triangle oh rim. <laughs> just saying. It. I'm just saying. Maybe add a little wrinkle to it because otherwise they do that. They or well, they used to do just a layup from the start. Remember, yeah. like run to the hoop and layup. Well, it's I mean, just it's like you could take whatever shot you wanted to. Right. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But they were just like taking the uh, high percentage shot. I, yeah. You know what? I would watch a free throw competition <laughs> with the right people in it. I would. You got me in. There's something there, Lee. Maybe like pitch that to Silver. Like come up with the rules. Hey, yeah. The, I I took down uh, two chains in a uh, in a game of bump down here in Atlanta. Okay, maybe so we just play knockout. Yeah, bump. That's, yeah. That's the thing. That'd like, be fun. Because that be does cool. get super competitive. That's yeah. that's and that's what you want because you yeah, want people are like. 
I don't want to lose to this guy, you know, and if he misses and you get a chance, it's actually at least there's some competition in it, Mm -hmm. like some real live competition, not like waiting for one guy to finish and then you have to go and do your thing. And there's some strategy with bump too. It's like, are you rushing your shot just to get it back to put your layup in? Are you trying to hit the other person's ball? Like some people allow that as long as you use your ball to hit the other ball. Yeah, you're... Yeah, you're right. I, you know, you could throw celebrities in it with players oh, too. You exactly. could really put anybody into it. Exactly. Is, is the beauty. I mean, people are always trying to find a way to get in, like you know, like an inf- an influencer in the All Star Weekend. Yeah. It's like you know, there's people like me who think I can I can hit a free throw against like anybody. You don't have to be a super. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like Brad. in that in that instance, right? Anyone can just shoot that free throw, and you get lucky. You're in. So you know. Hey, I gotta ask you, All right, when, you when when you were playing two chains, did you uh, rip his chains off like you were a dicky in a men's league after you beat him? <laughs> no, I let I let just Mr. one of them. You ripped? yeah, I let Mr. Chains go that time. Okay, so, but... <laughs> my question, Lee. Yeah. Obviously, you're confident in your free throw shooting, but if you're playing knockout, if you're playing bump, are you trying to make the first shot or are you chucking it off the glass so you can follow up with a layup? No, no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to hit it. Because He's always I, trying I, to yeah. hit it. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. I, I think I think that's you know it's funny though you know I just here sort of bragging about being a good free throw shooter. When I was in Australia, I was out of school and I gave a little speech, and we had a game of bump, and I got knocked out like almost oh. straight away. <laughs> I missed I missed like my first two, and then someone knocked me out. I got knocked out by like a, a you know a year nine kid or something. <laughs> Any given Sunday. Any yeah. given day. That's it. It could be your day. It might not be your day. Uh-huh. Well, let us know if you would like us to uh, pitch to the NBA a bump contest. I think Lee should be the official for that, too. Like, making sure guys are behind the line, get the jersey, like the referee jersey on. You would take it very seriously. Okay, (laughs) let's hear your predictions for uh, All-Star Sunday Night. And I will say now, plans are to do a bit of a, well, I guess like a bonus NBA happy hour. We're going to do one on Thursday night, too. Come hang out with us, uh, halftime of uh, the first game on TNT. We'll fire up the live stream on YouTube, but... Sunday night, I think maybe we just fire it up during the dunk contest. Like, we'll wait till halftime of the All-Star game and then fire it up. We could watch the dunk dunk contest together and comment in real time and get all excited or or crap on it if all the dunks suck, unfortunately, (laughs) and then uh, go into the second half. So that's the plan. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube so you know when we're going live there on uh, Thursday night and then on Sunday. Okay, going to get to the games as I promised, uh, but first a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. (laughs) <laughs> All right, uh, last night's games, let's touch on uh, some of them at least. First one, Suns overcome Devin Booker's ejection to hold off the Lakers 114-104. Here come the Suns. Trey, what's your big takeaway? Well, y'all know that I'm practicing pure positivity in 2021, so let me just say that I'm positive that referees are the absolute worst. <laughs> come on! 
Devin Booker ejected in about five seconds flat for throwing a hard bounce pass to an official, basically. This was a testy game. Both teams were amped. One technical is fine there. Nobody came to see a referee throw somebody out of a game during the national TV night. This was a huge game between the Suns and Lakers. We just had LeBron tweeting about Devin Booker saying he's the most disrespected player in the entire NBA. And then Devin Booker gets disrespected with a ridiculous ejection. That was honestly... Just just stupid. But yeah. the Suns responded, and it wasn't just Chris Paul, who was definitely solid. It was the big three of Mikhail Bridges, Dario Saric, and Abdul Nader. They showed up for the Suns. Bridges, 19-6-5. He had a couple of threes, made some nice hustle plays. He had a big dunk to ice things. Nader had two blocks and two threes in the second half. Shout out to the Illinois boy looking good out there. But Dario Saric, I thought, was incredible. 21 points, five rebounds, three assists. He had 10 in the fourth quarter. Basically running things for the Suns as a small ball five. He's been great playing small ball five for the entirety of the season. He's just got great patience, I feel like, in the post when you get him the ball, just like Jokic, just like uh, some of the other great post players. He really takes his time, makes great decisions, and is able to get to the shots that he wants. Really impressive win by the Suns to respond to Booker's ejection. Win it with the roll, guys. They're now the second seed in the Western Conference after the win last night. And they got the second best record in the league by win percentage. Good stuff from the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, Lakers missing AD, missing Kuzma, missing Marcus Gasol. So they're, they're shorthanded, but LeBron had a monster game. I said it last week, though. The more I watch the Suns, man, the more I'm starting to convince myself, like, damn, this is a good, good team. Like, they're a deep team. Like you said, they're getting contributions from a lot of guys. Some nights it's Crowder. Some nights it's Saric. You know, Bridges have been very solid, like you said, uh, uh, Trey, and then you've got your star guys on a night when one gets tossed out and Chris Paul really didn't do a whole lot of anything. Like, they still get this victory over a good Lakers team. So, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to be like, yep, Suns going to the conference finals. But man, the way they're playing right now, I sure as hell wouldn't want to match up against them in a first round series. So I don't think that's an easy win for anybody. I don't care if they're ranked number two. You know, the seventh seed is probably going to be a good team and probably maybe have already been further in the last couple of years in the playoffs, of course, than the Suns, and are going to expect to win, but that ain't going to be easy. I, I love watching this team. Uh, I, w- I thought that was a really impressive uh, victory, uh, Lili, especially when Booker went out in the third quarter, and you're like, uh-oh, that could be trouble. Your all-star's gone or your superstar is gone, and, and instead all these other guys contributed. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad the Suns won that because if they lose that, then the conspiracy theorists are out. You know, yeah, yeah. the NBA's rigging it so that the Lakers win. The Lakers are in a bit of a trot right now. But they, uh, they held firm. And, and uh, you mentioned, though, those role players. That's what's really important here for Phoenix is that those guys can step up and, uh, and, and you know, okay, you lose Devin Booker, even though it's a, just an atrocious decision to eject him for, for what they did. The other guys didn't sort of just sook and pout on the side. They were like, all right, we're just going to have to go out there and do this ourselves. So uh, getting good contributions from a lot of people. DeAndre Ayton, there's sometimes I think this guy can be really, really effective, in, like in the post, in the paint there. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive sort of consistently throughout the game. That's, I think, one thing that's just lacking from his game at the moment. But uh, very impressive one here for the Suns. So, uh, yeah, not, not much else you can say. Uh, the one thing, you know, we've seen like uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander last year when he played with Chris Paul sort of, you know, just improve as like a as a player and sort of almost mimic some of the moves that Chris Paul made. Well, last night at the end of the first half, Devin Booker drove down and rather than take a shot, 
did the sort of cross-court pass to Mikhail Bridges in the corner, hit the three. I thought mm-hmm. that was just like a Chris Paul right. type of play. You know, the way that he would go down there and you just sort of assume this guy mid-range is going to pull up for that. But instead, whether it was a design play or not, he saw his guy in the corner and fired him the pass right in the pocket and he knocked it in. So uh, those are the sorts of things that playing with someone like Chris Paul can have an effect on, on Devin Booker. As great a scorer as he is already, if Devin Booker can round his game to become an even better playmaker as well, that's just going to make him, uh, you know, overall him better and the Suns. Yeah, back to that Booker uh, ejection. Trey, you said it was uh, the second one was because of the bounce pack, bounce pass sort of to the official there with a little zip on it. Was that confirmed by the officials or, or by the league? Because I saw all the reports that it was just two technical fouls, two quick whistles for, for talking or things that Booker said, because you're right. It did appear the second one was maybe just because he threw the ball at the official, which was nothing, like not even close to the Redick one where at least like he sort of putting some spin on it, chucking across the court, uh, you know, maybe trying to show up an official. It wasn't like that at all. But I couldn't also tell if it was just like Booker had said something he shouldn't have said and because uh, he left sort of really quickly too. I don't, you know, he, he didn't really have any like complaints really in leaving the court. He's like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, he so, must have know. said something that you're not supposed to say yes. on the basketball yeah. court. But still, come on, man. Everybody hears bad words from now to, now and then. We didn't hear it on the broadcast, so mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Yeah, Deal with I it. just like like to, to eject a guy for that is just absurd. Just mm-hmm. it's it's a power play by the officials right. to be like. Well, you threw the ball and then and because I saw Jay Crowder kind of saying he was talking to me. So whatever he said, you know, the referees just kind of interpreted it as, as being uh, spoken to them. And they just decided, yep, that that warrants ejection. You're out of the game. I mean, it's just completely overreacting to a, a situation. Mm-hmm. We always talk about how the players have got to keep their cool. The refs have got to keep their cool as well. And if you are, you should be allowed to challenge like that, uh, that, that call because the player's out for the entire game and he did virtually nothing wrong. You know, he got the tee. Okay, you got a tee. That's a warning. It's like a yellow card in soccer. Okay, just letting you know that wasn't... You didn't yeah. need to throw the ball like that. But then to eject him on top of it just makes it makes a farce out of it. Yeah, one other thing from this with the Lakers losing. LeBron reportedly is not going to play tonight. Uh, he's going to take his first game off of the season. Uh, I think uh, they had a back-to-back situation, right? They were supposed to play again tonight, and I saw that he will not be playing in it. So uh, that's a first for him if you're keeping track of such things. All right. He's in an MVP race with this guy. This guy might be at the top of the leaderboard. Jokic, triple-double, again. Leads the Nuggets to the 128-97 victory over the Bucks. Not close at all. 37, 11 assists, and 10 boards. Jokic's 50th career triple-double, Lili, uh, in, a, in another really impressive win for Denver. It was a big takeaway. On the second night of a road back-to-back against the hot team, this one had blowout written all over it, and it was. Just not the way I would have thought. Right. Uh, the Bucks early on, Giannis, their, their, their strategy appeared to be, okay, let's just use Giannis's athleticism to sort of exploit Jokic here. And he just went dunking. He dunked like three times within about a minute in that first quarter. And that's what you felt like the Bucks were going to do. Like, okay, we'll just, you know, Giannis can just do this all game. And if they clamp down on him, then it'll open up the corner for threes. Didn't really happen. Um, and then once that, after that sort of little burst there, the Nuggets settled down. And the real story, as you mentioned there, is just how dominant Nikola Jokic was for his team. Because Giannis defensively, I think, is, is you know the same sort of size as Jokic. And physically and um, athletically, he can keep up with him. And Jokic just does that same thing where he sort of turns his back. He sort of move, maneuvers him down and gets in the paint and either scores or fires it out to a guy on the perimeter. And then Brook Lopez, who's another good, big, heavy defender. You'd think someone like him would at least be able to sort of keep Jokic out of uh, getting to the position he wants to. But... 
it, when Brooke Lopez just stood there, Jokic was just like, all right, I'm just going to shoot this then. If you're not going to do anything else, I'm just going to shoot. And uh, he was incredible. He had like two or three dunks himself in the end too, Jokic last mm-hmm. night. Talk about Jan- I think Giannis finished with eight. Uh, but Jokic <laughs> had a couple. And um, But just, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot the night before. He is in control of the pace of his game. And it doesn't really matter what the defense throws at him. Jokic will just wait and wait and wait. And if there's a guy in a better position, he'll find him. If not, he'll just go into the paint. He'll sort of do that twirling, spinning move where he goes in and floats it up over his opponent and scores. He's got the three. He's got the driveway dad step back as well. I mean, the versatility versatility to his offensive game is just incredible. And uh, and I saw you tweet this morning, Skeet, so that the basketball reference has him now as the number one what rank for, for MVP this season. That's right. And, uh, and that, that is great. I mean, the Nuggets still need to keep winning because obviously they, they didn't get off to a great start. Jamal Murray, I thought, again, was good last night. But uh, that's what it's going to come down to. If he plays like this and they keep winning, then uh, he, he could he could actually win that this year. Because, yes, I think it's the Nuggets record. That's yeah. all that comes into play with them winning it because these are just unbelievable numbers. And, and that's not a knock on Embiid. That's not a knock on whoever else you want in the mix, be it Harden or or LeBron, of course, a number of guys. But if the Nuggets are a top three team in the Western Conference, let's say, and now they're 20 and 15, you're obviously climbing the ranks there, then, uh, you know, it will be interesting. I mean, I think then the Sixers have to keep pace with whatever their record is for Embiid to win it. And then you'll get the whole argument of like, you can see it now, you've already seen maybe little whispers of it, like, yeah, Jokic does all that offensively, but let's not forget what Embiid does defensively, right? And also puts up in monster numbers. There will be a bit of a, a debate there, I think, going on. But Jesus, yeah. He's won right now, and it's not a surprise with, again, them picking up the Ws, right, Trey? Three straight wins, and last night I thought was the best win probably of the season for the Nuggets. Coming on the second night of a back-to-back against the Bucks team that was coming off five straight wins to hold Milwaukee under 100, just the third time this season that's mm. happened. Went to a zone, the Nuggets yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, Giannis got a bunch of dunks early, and then the Nuggets are like, hold on. Hold on a second here. Let's stop this guy from dunking. They gave up a lot of open threes. The Bucks just missed a lot of threes. Uh, but that's what happens sometimes when you get out of rhythm, once you see that zone. So, yeah, I mean, Jokic now has 20 dunks this season. He had 15 the entirety of last year, 11 the year before. He's in the best shape of his career. He's playing the best basketball, and it's the most consistent if they're able to keep stacking these wins up like they have and maybe having uh, a lot of depth will be to the benefit of the Nuggets come the second half of the season when games are really jammed up together, I can see Jokic making a run at the MVP. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's at the table right now. It's just a matter of getting the wins, you know, and with LeBron sitting now with Anthony Davis out, obviously the Lakers are taking a little bit of a step back. If they're in the top two, he's got a great case. Yeah. I, I think so. All right, we'll keep going here. The Hawks win in Nate McMillan's coaching debut. They topped the Heat 94-80. to 80. Look at that final score. He'd only <laughs> scored 80 points. He shot 37% and were out-rebounded 47-26, to 26, by far their worst margin of the season. Somehow Atlanta had 23 turnovers uh, to only Miami's nine and still you know, won pretty comfortably. Trey Young got it going in the fourth. He had 13 straight late, finished with 18. Some people are going to go, well, the Hawks got their new coach in there. That's the new coach bump. Yeah, that does happen. You know, again, we talked about it. Nate McMillan does get guys to play uh, play hard on the defensive end, gives them a bit of an identity, at least what he's searching for in his guys. But I'm not going to go overboard with this one. The Heat would have lost, I think, against anyone last night. Uh, it was pretty, pretty ugly, though the Hawks, of course, are uh, going to be happy with that victory. Let's just see what they do here in the next one. I think they have the Magic, so obviously a winnable game for Atlanta. But let's not, you know, let's not go crazy and say that Nate McMillan has sort of solved everything and Pierce was holding them back. It was... Uh, 
gross game. Oh man, it was bad. Like not even like the Hawks played all that well. But it's uh, again, we'll see, we'll see moving forward here. But Atlanta fans are of course going to be happy. I don't know if you have anything to add there, Lee, as you're cackling away. Well, honestly, it was Trey Young's like three threes in about two yeah. minutes that that put the lead to about ten points there for the Hawks and the Heat offense. Jimmy Butler didn't play, of course. Yeah, the Heat's offense. It, it just looked like they came down and they were just like, does anybody have any idea? No one knew what we were running out there. And so, uh, <laughs> so that was the problem. The Hawks, uh, I didn't think the Hawks' defense was was like, you know, just super locked down. No. It's just the Heat's offense was really, really ordinary. And Trey Young, those shots that he hits, when he hits them, they're great. They go in. Uh, you know, you've seen him sometimes. They take those that miss because he takes them from so far back. But uh, he had a fairly quiet game up to that point. I don't think he scored in even the first quarter last night, but came off the bench and, uh, and won the game for his team. So good win for the Hawks to get it uh, in Nate McMillan's first. And it was confirmed by, by all the great reporters at The Athletic that, uh, you know, there was some tension, uh, Trey Kirby, with Trey Young and Lloyd Pierce. And that led to his him maybe being removed, right? I mean, by all accounts, they didn't get along all that well. And once you start losing, things really ramp up. And uh, that maybe led to Pierce being let go as well as the record, right? Yes, and as John Hollinger says, if there's a coach that's let go in the middle of a season, it means they were probably thinking about it before the season. So mm-hmm. once uh, injuries happened with the Hawks, once they started to take a downturn uh, in the standings, it's not surprising that those issues would rear their heads, but I love it. I love a new coach bump. I love a new coach camaraderie bump as well. You saw Trey Young and John Collins celebrating together last night. You saw John Collins doing the shivering ice tray is cold after Trey hit those three threes. There's no way to make friends faster than to get your coach fired and to immediately show (laughs) how much you love each other out there because clearly it's not the players who are at fault here. It's got to be the coach. A great win for the Hawks last night. I like seeing Onyeka Okongwu getting some minutes. Mm -hmm. Nice to see Bogdan Bogdanovich back in the lineup. Uh, The reason the Hawks did this when they did is because we got the all-star break coming out here. They'll actually be able to practice a little bit, learn some things from Nate McMillan and get set for the second half of the season. Does the new coach bump continue for another couple of months? We shall see. But at least the Hawks looked like they were on the same page playing for each other last night. We also got wedgie number 28 for the season in this game. Yeah, we wanted to get greedy. We asked for another one before the All-Star break. We got it immediately in this one. And Heat broadcaster Eric Reed, who is on the call as the home broadcaster for the Miami Heat, he's taking baby steps to calling this a wedgie. He's not quite here there yet, but let's hear him on the call for number 28. Here's Hero. Fakes the three, now fires. That's all. Oh, boink. Got Wedged in. And the ball will be a jump ball situation here. <laughs> okay, so Boink, he rolls with again, right? Though I think last time he said Doink, didn't he? I, I can't remember what we were getting <laughs> upset right, about. Yeah. But he goes Boink, but then did say the ball gets wedged in. Now, did he call it a wedgie? No, but he's, again, he's getting there. Eric Reed is learning. Um, so that's good to... Good to see, right, Lily? I mean, uh, again, it could be better. Uh, you know, I'd be happier with a wedgie call. Maybe a shout out to No Dunks, but at least he's getting there. And we got number twenty-eight. That's all that really matters. We're just rolling here. Up to sixty-four on track for for the season. This is just going to be a remarkable season. <laughs> Only a seventy-two game season as well. Imagine we did get an eighty-two game season. Oh I mean, boy, well, okay. yeah, Don't, seventy not jinx might it. be in let's play. Not jinx it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. It's a uh, slow progress down there, uh, Eric Reed. You know, usually he's got all the stats, so I'm surprised he didn't say that's uh, twenty-eight the wedgie of the season. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would be amazing if he started. I just fired yeah. up edgytracker.com. That's number 28. That's our fourth in the building this year, third from the right side. Um, yeah, well, again, he's learning. Now, so we wanted one more. When we got number 27, we came on yesterday. We said, we got one more for the All-Star break. That's, what that's right. Now we got it. Do we get extra greedy? Do we try? Do we ask the wedgie gods for one more, maybe even two more to get to thirty? Or is that just? Or should we just be happy with twenty eight? Well, we look, this, the there's a ton of games on tonight, uh, and there's probably a ton of games on Thursday night as well. So I, I don't think we've been greedy by just saying, "All right, give us one, one. more, you know? just one yeah. more." <laughs> there's like twenty games on still between okay. now and the All Star break. One so, more, yeah. not not two, yeah. just one more. Twenty nine fun not fun number to head into the All Star break with. Maybe we get one in the All-Star game, too, right? Wow. Yeah, we got one in a... Did oh, we yeah, get we one did. in a celebrity game once, or was it like shoot-around of a celebrity game? Do I you thought we that? got one in the All-Star game, though. No, I think we? both. I think we got one oh, in the yeah. All-Star game, maybe from Steph Curry, and we definitely had one in, like, warm-ups of the celebrity game. <laughs> right. We were, like, doing our show from the sideline, yeah. right? It just happened in the background. <laughs> hey, right. look, Schumann's back. You okay. know how I can tell? I said there was, like, 20 games left. Look at Schumann. Well, you could. Well, I mean, you could also hashtag well actually Schumann back. Nineteen game schedule doesn't mean we're going to have nineteen games. Um, (laughs) Other games from last night. They did. uh, These did happen. John Morant and the Grizzlies pulled away early to beat the Wizards, one twenty five, one eleven. Awesome John Morant game. Probably his best of the season. Trey Lyles and Dejounte Murray led the Spurs to victory, snapping the Knicks streak. And Kemba Walker. This was the first game on TNT. 25 from him, looking pretty good. Celtics get the victory over the Kawhi-less Clippers uh, by, uh, what did it end up being in the end? By five. Mm. So anything uh, from those three games, Trey, that you wanted to touch on? Well, Skeets, it's Bean Week, and the bean of the day, the green bean, because Mm. shout out to the Beantown boys. Three straight wins, a good one versus the Clippers last night, like you mentioned. No Kawhi, but... It's still a good wing because Kemba looked really good uh, getting to his pull-up threes, had a little bit more bounce, had the smile. But the thing that was really impressive to me, 42 points in the paint for the Boston Celtics. 13 of those came from Robert Williams, who I thought was a real difference maker last night, catching alley-oops, just being at the rim. He ended up with eight rebounds, two of those offensive. When he, when he's able to be an effective finisher, when he's able to stay on the court for a long time, it really helps the Celtics because it opens up the three-point game for them. Just having somebody who is able to put pressure on the rim because mm-hmm. this is a team that is kind of built from the outside in, much like the Clippers are. You know, their guards, their perimeter guys are their best players. They like to take a lot of pull-up jump shots. They need somebody to score in the lane. Last night, that was Boston Rob Williams, as Lee once called him. Great stuff. Uh, To me, he is their best center, uh, their most impactful center, at least. But uh, it's just a matter of being able to be consistent each and every night. Robert Williams isn't quite there yet, but when he plays well, the Celtics look great. Yeah, anything to add from any of these games, Lily? No, that was one I watched uh, pretty close as well, and I agree. Kimball Walker, I think it just makes such a difference to the Celtics when he's moving well and shooting the ball, stepping into those threes in the fourth quarter. It just it just relieves so much pressure on the offense for Tatum and Brown. Tatum's still not you know not quite in his groove yet. He didn't have mm-hmm. a great game last night, but when Kemba's out there, it just it's just somebody else who can get a bucket, and I think that's what's important here for the Celtics because they've been playing pretty badly, but they've just strung together three wins here in a row, gritty wins over the Pacers, the Wizards, that one where the yeah. Wizards just completely blew it. But now against a legit good team in the Clippers, as you mentioned, no Kawhi Leonard. So uh, that's all the Celtics need to sort of get back on track. Just get a couple of wins and uh, get all their guys healthy again because I think they're much better than what their record shows. Yeah, no Kawhi in this with the back spasms. If Kawhi 
doesn't play in the All-Star game. You know, the back stays tight. Can't loosen it up. Can't go. Who do you think, Lee, the NBA would replace him with? Would it be Conley? Would it be DeRozan being on a good Spurs team and them not having a rep? Um, anyone else? I mean, SGA, I guess, a possibility. Yeah. Like Fox, I mean, I, I think it's unlikely. I th- Where I think, would you go? I would say probably DeRozan first, uh, I mm-hmm. think. I think they probably give him because he has had a pretty good season and the Spurs are, are quietly uh, moving along as they always do. Yeah. And the Jazz already having two representatives may just sort of favor the league to say, let's just give a, let's get a spur in there. And and DeRozan, a veteran, been around, a bit of a sort of uh, respect bump almost, like to say, let's get this guy in. I mean, Conley, obviously. Yeah, Conley know, would be the sentimental like, yeah, lifetime the sentimental pick. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think go probably DeRozan. All right, Trey, who would you pick? Or who do you think the league would pick, I guess, if Kawhi said he couldn't play? I don't know. I guess it depends on if these guys have scheduled vacations yet or not. But <laughs> I, I guess DeRozan, I guess. I think it's more likely that they would, uh, that uh, it would be a replacement from another team like Leah saying. We already got a couple of jazz in there, so perhaps throwing a bone to the Spurs and DeMar. Okay. Let's hear from everybody out there. Who would they pick if Kawhi can't go? I'm not, I'm not reporting that or I didn't see that. I just, uh, you know, it's possibility with Kawhi, I guess, all the time. Okay, let's hit the beach uh, to get us in the mood here. Yeah, stepping on the beach because we'll be uh, doing it officially later today on Wednesday. You can join us live on YouTube at 3 p.m. Eastern if you would like, or you can just listen to the podcast later. But uh, I know we have some good questions in that one, and I thought this was a good one. From Larry Pips. Uh, Hey, guys. Happy Bean Week. Ah, thank you, Larry. Quick question. If the star players like Beal, Levine, Kyle Lowry, Vooch, etc., if they're not on the trade market, those star players, what lower-priced vets do you think could be moved at the deadline, or you'd like to see moved at least? Again, that's from Larry. I thought that was a good one, Trey, as we uh, start to inch closer and closer to the trade deadline. Take off the big, big name guys. Um, who's a possibility that you could see being moved? Well, this guy's a little bit of a name guy, Skeetsy. He's actually okay. a little higher priced than Zach Levine, but Victor Oladipo, I think, could be the biggest name who has okay. moved. Tash. Tash. Tash Malish. Tash. Tash. Malish. Tash Malice. Mention it on what you do not need to know yesterday. Anyways, he mentioned it yesterday. Now that Victor Oladipo has turned down an extension from the Rockets, it's time to trade him uh like i said when they got him the move was all about the picks when it happened maybe oladipo would work out alongside wall and christian wood there but that obviously has not been the case 11 straight losses for the rockets oladipo and wood have played six games together doesn't feel like victor oladipo is the guy that can carry a team anymore at least not right now he's got a 21 million dollar deal for the end of this season he's not playing up to it like brian windhorse said everybody knows that Victor Oladipo wants to play for the Miami Heat. Everybody wants to be the next Dwayne Wade. But why would the Heat give up any players when they know they're going to be able to get him come summertime? Maybe he helps um, for the playoff push. Maybe he helps come uh, playoff time in the postseason. But I don't think it's uh, likely that the Heat are going to want to give up anything when they know they're going to be able to get him in just a few months' time. Maybe the Knicks or the Mavs are interested. But it might be hard to find a deal for Victor Oladipo, which makes you think maybe it'll be a buyout or something along those lines. That's why it's more likely... P.J. Tucker is the trade tuck, uh, trade target from the Rockets. He's on an $8 million deal, a plug-and-play guy who plays defense. He makes threes. He can guard both front court positions, and he ups your toughness quotient 
The Celtics could swing a move for P.J. Tucker pretty easily. The Raptors could do it. The Heat could do that one as well. I think P.J. Tucker will be moved because it seems like he's being wasted there in Houston at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. Somebody's getting moved from Houston again. I don't see how they couldn't be at this point. Tucker's a great one. I see so many teams I would want a guy like that, especially on the reasonable contract that he's on. You can make it happen pretty easily. Give up, obviously, some picks. Um, you know, be it second-round picks and a young prospect. Or I don't I don't know. Is P.J. Tucker worth, worth a first-round pick? Probably not. Probably not. Depends how close but you, you get, are. Yeah, depends who you are. Depends who yeah. you are. Okay, those are great ones. Uh, possible guys from the Rockets being moved. What about you, Lee? Well, J.J. Redick appeared to be out the door in New Orleans uh, only a few weeks ago. Uh, that sort of talk has quietened down a little, but I wonder if it will pick up a bit again now, given that the Pelicans may make the playoffs and, uh, you know, he's a contributor on their team. But I think a team like the Celtics, for example, could just use another veteran, another three-point shooter out there, mm-hmm. and they might be tempted to just see what they can get for him because they've got plenty of assets uh, there to be able to acquire him. And I think for J.J. Redick as well, he would like to be in a situation for a team that is a little closer to contending than the Pelicans are right now. So, um, you know, he's having a pretty much a career-low season uh, this year. It hasn't really gone the way I thought it was going to go for him, especially being reunited there with Stan Van. But... Uh, I just wonder if someone will come along. And if you're the Pelicans, if you can get some sort of asset in return for a vet who's you know, probably not going to be there next season anyway, I think you're probably going to do it. So um, I, I, think, uh, I think there'll be a few teams pretty interested in someone like JJ because he's been around forever. And you just know at the end of the game, you can have someone like him out there on the floor to uh, open it up and hit those shots. I went with the poor man's J.J. Redick for my answer because I think Redick he still he still makes like he's a thirteen million dollar guy right he's got a he's got a contract so you're having to get some guys uh, going back in return outside of trade exceptions and stuff like that so I went with Wayne Ellington mm, the man Wayne. with the golden arm <laughs> one of the <laughs> yeah, weirdest nicknames in the league um, but uh, it's Piston shooting guard Wayne Ellington if you don't even know who the hell I'm talking about he's a, he's a vet thirty three year old guy he started on fire this season from three. The guy could not miss like through his like four, first 14 or 15 games. He was shooting 53% from three on a ton of attempts. He's cooled off uh, since he's the he's the man with the bronze arm now, but it's mm. okay. Bronze <laughs> is still nice. It's not golden, but it's fine. He's he hitting a very respectable 41% from deep, and he's a 38% three-point uh, shooter his entire career, which has obviously been a long time. So he's a floor spacer. And he can be had a lot easier maybe than a Redick, Lily, I think, just because he's a one-year vet minimum guy. So you can make it happen. Pistons, obviously, one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know why they wouldn't want to get something in return for him. We've seen them do it multiple times over the last couple of months with deals. So there's something there. He's, he's like an older one-trick pony on an expiring contract. But contenders always talk themselves into those guys because it's more shooting, right? Uh, yeah. You, you, more depth, more shooting. And, uh, you know, I could see, like, a Celtics again if, like, there's nothing there with Redick. Maybe a Sixers. I think the Lakers is really interesting, too. I think when you look at last night's game, for example, not a lot of help on the on the wing there from, like, swingmen like KCP, who's played well before, of course, especially down in the bubble. But he had a rough one last night. Wesley Matthews went scoreless in 23 minutes. Why not a shooter like Wayne Ellington out there? He could be had for cheap. I think Pistons powered. They wondered, could you get um, Horton Tucker from the Lakers? No. Probably not. I agree. They, they're probably too high on him. I know everybody was so high on him in the preseason. Uh, everybody was uh, all in on Horton Tucker. He's going to be a, a future MVP. Yeah, unlikely, but maybe maybe the Mavericks, second-round pick, and like, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Wes uh, Uwundu. Mm-hmm. Something uh, like that. Do, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think the Pistons would be interested in that for Wayne Ellington if the, if the Mavs want another shooter. I think he could be had, and I think he'll be moved. Other guys, you guys said two of them I had, Reddick Tucker, George Hill maybe. 
is another vet guy. Could be moved. Rudy Gay is interesting. Uh, sort of where he falls in line with the Spurs. Obviously playing well. Uh, they are. But, uh, you know, he's not long-term plans for them. Bielitsa is another name you always see. So we'll see some of these guys. You know, I think uh, the more this goes on, I, I'm outside of Oladipo, I mean, what star player is really going to be moved at the deadline it's more these type of names so just sort of brace yourself for that these sort of guys fringe guys yeah i wonder if we'll see any first round picks traded at the deadline because when you look at the contending teams here the sixers nets bucks they've all traded a lot of first round picks the jazz suns lakers clippers they've all traded some of their first round picks and these are the you know once you're picking in the top or the last 10 of the draft that's when you're looking to make a move that might actually help you for the postseason but if you don't got those picks, how are you going to trade those picks? Yeah, we yeah. will see if it's going to be a cold market. It might be a buyout kind of game come uh, whenever that time is March. Yeah, sort of mid to late March. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I would, if I'm a betting man, I say no first round pick is traded. I, I just quite likely, yeah, yeah, because because like you said, a lot of these teams that would be making moves to try and help their chances to go far in the playoffs just don't have a lot of them. There are, there are a handful of teams to do, but not a lot. All right, beach stepping later today, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Lee, time for tweet of the night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Hey, Lee, before you get to your tweet of the night, yeah. were you pissed that you didn't have tweet of the night honors the other night when Magic Johnson was tweeting <laughs> about Pascal Siakam and, and, and others? He's having a sneaky good season. Does he? <laughs> like he does. He just he must just read box scores or something, Magic, and just be like, oh, this guy's having... And then he just tells you what he's averaging. It's like, okay, great. Thank you, yep. Magic. That's yep. great. Um, no, this one doesn't come in from Magic Johnson. Okay. This one comes from uh, the Stein line, Mark Stein. Nice. As James Harden's return to Houston as a net looms on Wednesday, which is tonight, Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta uh, tells both Jonathan Feigen and Mark Berman, Fox 26, that the franchise intends to retire Harden's number 13 someday and that James Harden will always be a rocket so really I just thought you know this could be something we should uh, talk about I'll just quickly name other Houston Rockets who have had their number retired Yao Ming Clyde Drexler Calvin Murphy Moses Malone Akeem Olajuwon Rudy Tomjanovic and uh, Carol Dawson the general manager but all those other ones of course very well known very uh, you know very well connected to the Houston Rockets franchise Given that those guys have all been retired, I think uh, it's a an, uh, you know no brainer that the Rockets want to retire James Harden's because despite how things ended for him and the, and the team there, uh, an MVP you know conference finals obviously they never made it to the finals and never won the championship but James Harden was a uh, an, an incredible player for that franchise and I think they just want to sort of you know end on good terms and sort of as well send a little message around the league like yeah okay. You know, we didn't like how it ended here, but we're, we're going to take the high road here and show, uh, recognize one of uh, the greatest players in our franchise's history. Yeah, this is uh, the tit man leaking this because <laughs> James Harden is playing his team tonight and is likely going to put up 40, 20, and 15 on their heads. And saying this, maybe, uh, you know, maybe... It takes Harden's, uh, you know, mindset, uh, cranks it down a little bit. I don't need to be uh, so revengeful and just destroy this team tonight. So it's a smooth move by uh, by uh, Tillman there, but uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to work. I think Harden's going to destroy them tonight. Uh, but I see what he's trying to do, and this is yeah. a no-brainer. You eventually, yeah, time heals all, and Harden is like one of the greatest players in your franchise history. Uh, yeah, you're going to retire his number. This isn't shocking by any means, right, Trey? No, this is not shocking. They should do it. At worst, James Harden is the third best player in Rockets history, so pretty easy call. I do like, though, that the stream team is getting pretty heated 
about Tracy McGrady not having his oh, number oh. retired by the Rockets, which is a little surprising, but I'm having a hard time getting upset about it because I just found out about 40 seconds ago that Tracy McGrady's jersey has not yet been retired by the Rockets. <laughs> Should it be? Should it be? I don't know. Uh, how long was he even there for in the end? It wasn't a long time. I, was gonna I say, mean, Clyde Drexler wasn't with the Rockets long, now, but, but of course he's connected with the, the, the team and the city and, and, the, and the championship there. But yeah, I don't, I, Tracy McGrady, I mean, they never got out of the first round of the playoffs. That's kind of his, you know, that's that's the sort of stigma that he carries around, which is kind of How many of tough, years did like, he play there? Five and a half seasons, yeah. three yeah. all-star seasons. And I'm guessing he was probably all NBA for a few of those as well. Yeah. Okay. He was good. He was good. good. He was good. Yeah. I, but I again, mean, I mean, it's sort of what happens is it was similar to the Bulls when we were talking about would they retire Noah's jersey, right? It, it's a little bit like we've had so much success as mm-hmm. a team prior mm-hmm. to you that the bar is sort of set very high. Championships, obviously, like, you know, uh, some of the best players ever in Akeem Olajuwon, at least. And like you said, I mean, okay, Drexler is a weird one there, but you're right, Lee, he has the tie to the city. It's it's tough to then sort of lower it a little bit, which is what you're doing, but doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, you can still yeah. honor these guys, but I see why it's a little bit of a, a predicament uh, for some of these franchises. I don't know. I guess... I guess I guess I would have thought his number was retired. As soon as he said Yao Ming's number was retired, I guess my mind immediately went, oh, my McGrady must be too, but not as there as long. Not as much uh, success, I guess, as a Yao. Eh, it's a good one. I don't know. Harden no-brainer, though. Yeah. I, easy, in fact, easy. if Tillman really wants him to not like kill them tonight, like do it tonight. <laughs> Retire his jersey tonight. Why Absolutely. Not? Yeah. Distract him. <laughs> Maybe Might help work. your chances. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, uh, good tweet there, Lily. Pick'em results. Last night it was the Hawks. Kaka! Heat game, and uh, Miami was favored by three and a half, and the Hawks won, as we already talked about. So that's a victory for Tass. He's 2-0. and oh. Trey, 1-1. One and one. Lee, 0-2, oh because you had Miami, and so did I. So I'm 1-1. One one. Very, very early here in the month of March. Don't worry, Trey still has to pay off February's pick'em. Loss, we'll get to that in due time. Probably after the All-Star break. Um, but tonight's pick'em game is Jazz Sixers. Utah, on the road, favored by three and a half. Lee, let's start with you. Mm. What do you like? It's a tough one. The Jazz, uh, you know, had a couple of losses uh, recently. Um, And the Sixers playing pretty well. I'm not sure about Tobias Harris playing tonight. But the Sixers, I think, have got enough in them to be able to lose by three points at Mm. worst. So I will take Philadelphia. Okay, this is a nice matchup. Obviously, Embiid versus Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Embiid just talks some shit about owning Miles Turner. Oh, I don't know how he fears against Rudy <laughs> Gobert. Right. Yeah. No, disrespect. no disrespect. No disrespect, but I own your yeah. ass. <laughs> um, Ever right. since you got into the league. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know what Gobert versus Embiid matchups have gone like and uh, who it favors in the past. If somebody in the stream team, Schumann, if you want to look that up for me. But Trey, while he does that, maybe who do you got? Uh, Schumann's busy. He's tweeting out uh, Tracy McGrady's statistics right now. He missed a lot of games in two of the five seasons he played with uh, the Houston Rockets. Also, only 13th on the all-time scoring list compared to James Harden, who is second. That being said, give me the Sixers. Uh, (laughs) I feel like uh, Embiid has these kind of games circled on his calendar. I don't know the stats. I'm sure we'll get them from Schumann here pretty soon. But this guy loves to see another all-star center line up against him. And then he loves to go out and dominate that all-star center. Uh, Sixers have been a little bit better than the Jazz for, you know, four days or something like that. So give me Philly. Okay, let's find out who Tass has before I make my pick because that might decide where I go. Tass, who you got? Ooh, looking forward to this one. Joel Embiid versus Rudy Gobert. 
and the Sixers perimeter defense against the Jazz three-point shooters. I think they can cover them well enough out there. Jazz not playing as well. Give me Philly plus three and a half points. Yeah, okay, that's why I waited. I guess I'll swerve. I want to make it a little interesting. I'll take Utah to win by four or more. Three of you guys have the Sixers to keep it close enough or maybe even get that victory. Tass looking real smooth there. He had a nice shave. And I only say that because I just saw Tass on the weekend. And it was the scruffiest bearded Tass I've ever seen. (laughs) He had let it go for a couple days uh, and uh, hadn't been using his Harry's, I guess. And it was uh, was like shocking. I was like, oh, my God. You okay, buddy? Um, But now he's back to looking smooth. That guy looking like a million bucks. Money mills for a reason. All right. Call it there. We got another show coming up later today, as I said, for about third or fourth time here on this podcast. Beach Steppin' later today, 3 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. It'll drop in your podcast feed as soon as we can get it up for you. Speaking of YouTube, though, like, comment, subscribe to our channel. Hit that little notification button, that little bell, so you know when we go live for like the happy hours coming up on Thursday, the happy hour on Sunday night during the All-Star Game, during the dunk contest. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and uh, get yourself an athletic subscription for just $3.99 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Um, did Schumann chime in after his McGrady research with uh, Gobert and Pete? Or he said, yeah, he chimed in to say, what were you asking about, Skates? <laughs> All right. We'll, get, we'll, just dis- we'll talk about it maybe after <laughs> either Embiid owns Gobert tonight or Gobert owns Embiid. We'll, we will find out in that Jazz Sixers game. Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Joel Embiid has scored 20.6 points per game in five career games against Joel Embiid, in which he is three and two. Oh, Joel Embiid versus Rudy Gobert, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? You said Joel Embiid has scored 26 point whatever versus Joel Embiid. <laughs> Sometimes the greatest opponent is yourself. Now that's a quote to end with. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>